And we spend the next few minutes of WGTD's morning show with one of the most gifted and capable writers when it comes to young readers, Valerie Tripp, probably best known for all the work that she has done on the American Girl series, but here on the morning show to talk about an exciting new adventure for her in collaboration with National Geographic. Uh, the, a, a new series called Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad. And uh, uh, Valerie Tripp, we welcome you to the morning show. Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me here today. Right. A couple of overarching questions, and then we'll get to Izzy Newton in a moment. I read in your biography that you were a philosophy major in college. I wonder if you can trace the line from being a philosophy major to the kind of writing that you have done in your very successful career. Greg, I love you for asking that question because, you know, when I told my parents I was going to be a philosophy major, I remember my dear father saying, well, are you going to get a job as a philosopher? I don't (laughs) think they have jobs for philosophers. But here's what it was, Greg. I would try, I had to translate the philosophies that I read were so complicated. I had to translate them for myself into very simple, direct and clear language in order to remember them. And both in the case of writing for American Girl, where I was taking complicated history uh, concepts and economic or social and political concepts, and, if you will, translating them and stating them in the clearest, most direct form for my readers who were, you know, 8 to 10 years old, the philosophy stood me in very good stead. The practice that I had stood me in very good stead. And now, writing this STEM-based series for National Geographic Kids, it's the same thing. I'll take a very complicated scientific concept and say, okay, we have to make this not only clear, so my reader who's 8 to 12 years old will understand it, but I have to make it matter to my reader as well. Because when you have an emotional connection, that's when you remember something that you have read. So to tell you the truth, that background in philosophy and reading very complicated things and trying to state them clearly and simply turned out to be, surprisingly, an excellent background for exactly what I do writing for children. Thank you so much for asking that. No one's ever asked me about that before. (laughs) I'm glad I asked. (laughs) I also want to ask you uh, about the fact that you also write for reading textbooks. And that connection, of course, is much clearer. But I suspect that there are connections even beyond the obvious in terms of writing for reading textbooks and then writing books that young people read. Uh, Yes, it helps me very much to be aware of, for example, the reading level that is appropriate for a child. So in terms of vocabulary or concept difficulty, because you don't want um, you don't want the to insult your reader. I have a lot of respect for my readers. I don't want to insult my reader by having it be simplistic, and I want it to really resonate with the reader of exactly the age group that I'm that I'm writing for. They are my inspiration. My readers are my inspiration. Quite literally, that's where my ideas come from, from speaking to my readers whenever I have a chance to do so. And I want to be sure that I'm writing at the level that will interest and engage and absorb and stretch them just a tad, you know, just stretch you just a little bit. Was it National Geographic who came to you uh, with a very specific invitation, or did this collaboration begin in a little more sort of open-ended fashion, and then 
eventually take the shape that it has with Izzy Newton? Okay, well, here's the truth. Um, a friend whom I adore, who's a librarian at a school, called me and said, Oh, Valerie, my speaker for tomorrow you know, can't come. Could you possibly come and just speak uh, as a substitute, last-minute substitute? So I said, sure, 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 because I love Carolyn. And that's where I met Rebecca Baines, who was the head of children's publishing at National Geographic Kids. And she said, would you ever be interested in writing a fiction series? And I said, are you kidding? It would be a dream come true. I would love to do that. So National Geographic, Becky already had the idea for the series in mind, and she had already come up with this really fun idea of having the titles be plays on words. The first words, the first book's Absolute Hero, which is a play on Absolute Zero, and the mystery is about why the school is so freezing cold, and also there's a mystery about why there's a chilliness in uh, one of the friendships. So National Geographic kids already had the structure of the series, and when they came to me, I said, oh, I would love to do this. And it has been a pure pleasure to work mm. with National Geographic kids. I think a lot of us who don't know anything about the business of writing for young readers assume that the, the, the most important thing is choosing the words. I mean, that the words not be too complicated or not too long or whatever, or the sentences not too long. But uh, I'm sure there is more to it, especially when you've uh, crafted this book, Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad. What kinds of things did you think about in terms of the way these stories should be shaped and crafted? Uh, I mean, the storyline, what is the key to connecting with readers of this age? Well, I, I the first and most important thing, as I said, was that I want my readers to become friends with these characters so that they will care about what's going on with them. And I wanted sort of the through thread of all of the stories to be about kindness and about functioning as a group and respecting differences in a group. These are five very diverse girls, and sort of metaphorically, the fact that they're interested in the different fields of science shows you that they really come at the world in very different directions, and they learn to respect those differences and solve the mysteries by pooling those various talents and Really, they benefit by how their differences. That was a very important point that, that I wanted to make. Mm. I also wanted to make a point about failures, that uh, failure is a good thing. Um, as a writer, I have to write my stories four or five times before I get them right. And scientists, and certainly my five characters, their experiments fail constantly. And you can learn a lot from a failure. So I try to start with an emotional kind of start heart and soul first, and then go to the brain and cerebral part. I try to engage them and know what really matters to my readers of this age. I was so helped by the fact that one of the ways I did my research was by having lunch with a bunch of girls. We called ourselves the Lunch Bunch, and I would bring cookies, and they would tell me what was going on with them in school and facing the challenges of middle school and the way middle school is different from elementary school and the challenges of being 10 going on 11 and 12 and how your life is different. Things are a little more complicated now. And that group of girls gave the stories such authenticity. I couldn't have manufactured that. You can't sprinkle authenticity on afterward. It has to be organic. The story has to be nourished by the realism and the stories that these real girls told me about what was mattering to them. Hmm. They, I'm just endlessly grateful to them because hmm. they 
we're the heart and soul, really, of these stories. A last quick question. This this book and the whole series is labeled as STEM-based, and certainly science uh, is, is a very strong ingredient. Is that something that is of a personal interest to you, or is that a little bit of a stretch for you to be writing a book in which the sciences are such an important element? Well, I, I mean, I always loved science. I especially loved uh, physics when I was in school. But one of the points that I wanted to make was science doesn't only happen in a lab. We, and certainly now we're, we're all part of a living science experiment, are we not, that we've learned how important it is to wash our hands and wear masks. We're learning about engineers reconfiguring our public spaces to keep us safe. I want to say to girls, when you care for your pet, when you are careful and not wasting water and you're protecting the environment, when you're designing something, when you're doing digital art, that's STEM. It's not some arcane thing that's just tucked away on a shelf somewhere. You're, you're a scientist already. Hmm. You're living science every single day. All of us are. Hmm. So we, we have to just you know, sort of blow the dust off any kind of stereotype about what science is or what girls do or what boys do or that if I want to say to my readers, if you're interested in this, if this is your passion, don't you let anyone talk you out of it. From National Geographic, Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad, the first book titled Absolute Hero, Valerie Tripp, the author. Valerie Tripp, thank you so much. Best wishes and keep on writing. Thank you very much, Greg. What a pleasure to talk to you. Bye-bye.